Three, two, one. Action. Oh, that was the worst open Ooh. ever. Yeah. We are cracking beers in the new studio. Today, guys, this is Two Beers Deep Live with Deke and Greg. I am going to have to try and find a way to edit out the echo. I mean, is that possible? Could you do like, uh, maybe find like a, a background cancellation or something that it could just sink onto our voices <laughs> because our voices are just lovely and beautiful. Jesus. And are You just... don't know how the internet works. No, it is or... not how the internet works. <laughs> what is up, guys? Welcome. This is our first audio in the new house. Obviously, we did the live show uh, on Thursday, but we missed last week's audio because I was moving into the new place, mm-hmm. into said new place. I was to ask some friends how to get rid of the echo and whatnot, but we'll, we'll get a, we'll get it sorted out. Studio's still in the works. Thankfully, you do have connections, so that kind of helps us out a lot. That's pretty nice. Yeah. And in case anyone is curious, we're actually recording the audio on Tuesday today. Uh, we had uh, we had some uh, other um, obligations yesterday that kind of kept us from recording, but we are kind of back to our normal schedule. I like this. This is nice. I mean, we'll be back to our normal schedule on Thursday. Very true. So that will loop yeah. back in to Monday. Yeah, but we're at least getting out. Of, <clears throat> we're at least getting out an audio this week, so it's nice. Oh yeah, yeah. This will drop. I'll, I'll drop this tonight. Obviously, I'll try to find a way to. And I think I don't know. I'll Google it. We'll we'll get it mixed and fixed and whatnot, guys. So if there is an audio, when in doubt, ask Google. Yeah. Mm. Just really? YouTube. It. It's the answer for everything. Nah, this got to have something in it, the studio. But anyways, all right, two sports we go. Um, so guys, if you have not been with us before, welcome to Two Beers Deep. Obviously, Deke and Greg, we talk sports and drink beers, and it's just an excuse to not get yelled at by our girlfriends to do so. And we exchange witty banter back and forth. Usually it's you just harassing me, but yeah. it's whatever. One of us does witty banter, and the other one is Greg. Mm-hmm. So let's just start plain and simple, Greg. Yeah. Nice and easy. Ooh, okay. Here's a softball to start. Oh, a softball, Okay. This is different. Let's go. When St. Louis wins the Stanley Cup. Okay. Do you think you will enjoy the barbecue more when you go down there? Because every time Boston loses, everyone else wins. That's true. I think that's kind of like fact at this Mm. point. So what you're saying is the barbecue sauce that I will be enjoying will have tears of joy in it mixed in? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Basically, people will be crying tears of just utter joy. I like it. I wonder if it adds some sweetness to the barbecue sauce. That'd be interesting. (laughs) Although... Saltiness, wouldn't it? Yes. Although some... Although side side note, I'm actually more excited to try toasted ravs while I'm down in uh, St. Louis. So Greg is going down to St. Louis. Him and his family... Do a baseball trip every year, right? Yeah, every year. Uh, my dad decided he wanted to go to Bush Stadium this year, which is in St. Louis. Nice. Uh, it's right in downtown. Uh, we are staying in a hotel that's next to the uh, next to the Arch, actually. Really? Which is pretty cool. So, and uh, I, I like it because I'm not sure which side we're on. I don't know if we're on the east or the west side. <laughs> You'll figure it out. Yeah, I know. But so, okay, Stanley Cup Finals right now. You're looking at a tied St. Louis Blues against the Boston Bruins. Yep. Um. Really, I guess what more I want to talk about is the fact that were either of these teams supposed to make it? You could have made an argument for Boston, maybe, although that division was very tough to begin with because Toronto was the perceived offseason winner just from Jonathan Tavares. Yeah. 
But uh, Boston has always been a team that's been solidly built through the draft. Uh, they've been kind of slow and steady. They kind of they missed the playoffs, um, I think, twice in the last four years. So they were kind of on a rebuild a little bit. They're getting a bit older. Uh, but they still have a, a strong core. Uh, still have uh, guys like Marshan and Krejci and Zdeno Chara. Even if he's getting up there in age, he's still solid. Um, yeah, he's still amazing. Yeah, you can't you can't deny that. Um, St. Louis, though. St. Louis, no one expected this. Um, yeah. This is a team that in, I believe, the beginning of January were second to last in the entire Western Holy Conference. Holy crap. And, and the run that they had was, was amazing. Were they seriously? Yeah, they were horrible going into, uh, going into the beginning of the new year and seeing the way that they turned it around, especially going into the West, because yeah. this is one of the best things about hockey, especially a Stanley Cup playoffs. The best team almost never makes it to the team. I would say that the Sedin twins proved that the best team doesn't win because didn't they win the president's is it president's cup or president's trophy? It's the president's trophy. That they is, won that like three years and they is, didn't go and do anything with that. No, they ran into the buzzsaw that was the Chicago Blackhawks and the LA Kings <laughs> every year. That's probably the big factor there, but yeah. it's also how just the playoffs are set up now because the whole idea of playing within your division in the first two rounds, at least really kind of adds some, struggling like games moving forward because you're going up against teams that you play all year. So yeah. there's always going to be some bad blood there. You're always going to have some long series and stuff. Yeah, I feel like the Pens play Flyers of the Caps every single year in that's the playoffs. That's why. Yeah, wow. That's how the divisions are set up, which there's a lot of people who don't like it. I love it. I absolutely love it. I get that it's not fair because of the fact that you're not necessarily playing the best team isn't playing the worst team yeah. all the times. But at the same time, though, like I think it makes the playoffs way more exciting that you're essentially having to go through your division to get to the next well, round. The only reason that I'll kind of disagree is because I agree in the sense that I like playing the Bengals in the playoffs if it's later on okay. in football. But traditionally, you don't play your own division. Like, right. Obviously, the year when three guys went from, I think it's the NFC East. Who has the Panther? Or Yeah, the Panthers. The, the NFC, Fal- NFC South. South, thank you. Yeah. Sorry. Um, still learning divisions, which is impressive. I'm very bad at divisions. Um, but the fact that three of those teams went is so universally misunderstood how yeah. impressive that really but was. But I think it's also because you're in a sport where divisions matter. If you're in a sport kind of like the NBA, like divi- divisions. Oh, I didn't matter. know there were divisions in the NBA exactly. until like four like, years ago. Exactly, divisions do not matter in the NBA. So when you're in that logic now, the whole one versus eight thing is kind of, yeah, that's going to be standard. But when you're in something where you play someone every single night in division, championships yeah. mean so much to you. I like the fact that you have to get through your division in order to move on and try to win a championship. Should, I think it tests you a lot. Should and this is getting off topic. It's okay. Should NBA get rid of divisions? Yes. Should they get rid of conferences? No. <laughs> no, I am actually not on the conference bandwagon. Really? I, the anti-conference bandwagon. I am not, sorry, right? yeah, I'm not You're on good. the anti-conference bandwagon. I think it's cool, the idea of having all six, 16 best teams play. But at the same time, though, like the 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 logic that the West is has been dominant for so long. I mean, it was it's hundred percent accurate. It, it's almost inaccurate. Like the East was in that no, boat. No, no, Maybe I said it, it's hundred percent accurate. How, that it's always been dominant? No, that it has been dominant for a long time. That's true, but the East was also dominant at 1.2, and then the West had to rebound and get better. This is on the East to be able to prove that they can be a better conference by actually yeah, building but, teams better. I mean, what teams are you saying were like the dominant East era? Like, give me give me who your dominant East era team is. Okay, uh, I would go with the Bulls. The Pitt, with? With Jordan. Okay. 
Yeah, I go with the Pistons, even though it was the downturn of the bad boys, but it was still a good team. Uh, the Pacers with the beginning of the Reggie Miller era. Um, so you're 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 saying that era was when the East was yeah. better than the West? Absolutely. Because okay. you, you had Patrick Ewing with the Knicks. I mean, the Nets might not have been as great to start off with, but they got better going on when they got Jason Kidd and you know um, Richard Jefferson and guys like that. I mean, I know I might be jumping a little bit, but at the same no, time, no, 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 you're fine. But I truly think that the East was the conference to be in for a while, and then it wasn't until the West had to step up because for the longest time it was the Lakers that ran that thing. Okay, so let's just run with the ninety two ninety three year. Okay. Um, that was, you know, Chicago Bulls won. That was one of their better years ever. You do have Charles Barkley coming out as the MVP. With the Sixers. um, With the Sixers, which Mm -hmm. is unbelievable. So you look at the actual expanded overall um, wins and losses. Suns are number one at 62-20. Then you go Knicks and Bulls, then Rockets, then Supersonics, Cleveland, Portland, San Ann, Boston, Jazz. So that is one, two, three, four, five, Six teams out of the ten okay. in the West, four right. in the East. I'd say that's even. Okay. Like, yeah, I, yeah six and four. No, I'd yeah, say that's right. pretty even. So then you go down. Hornets, Hawks, Nets, Pacers, <laughs> Clippers, Magic, Pistons, Lakers, Nuggets, Heat. That's where it's more, I agree with you that the East was way more dominant then. Right. Because you, you get to that second, and you're like, oh, there's only two right. like, like two West teams in there, the Clippers and the Lakers. And you're like, oh, shit. Is it weird that I also kind of put the blame on the fact that the super teams kind of made it? like a point where the East just became irrelevant for the longest time? Um, yeah, so let's, okay. So, sorry, hockey fans, we're diving into the NBA now. This is what happens to us a lot when we just get on <laughs> well, the topic. Well, we get like and an idea, and yeah. 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 Um, okay, so let's, let's dive deeper into when the East became a pile of shit. In my opinion, mm-hmm. the East became a giant heaping pile of crap uh, when the Boston Celtics Big Three happened. Okay. Because it basically said, even though that was a Big Three that was uh, dominantly created by a general manager in a front office, right. not so much the player Big Threes we see anymore, it was one of those things where it's like the East is like, hey guys, yeah, we're, we're going to be really good. Mm-hmm. We're not going to win all the championships, but we're going to be pretty good. No, their first year together was was very dominant. They, I believe they, won first, they were first in conference. They steamrolled their way to the NBA Finals, and they won a championship. And I'm pretty sure that might have been the first year that we saw under 500 team make the playoffs. Yeah. So, it, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong on that. I'm, I, don't, I don't know off the top of my head, but I am willing to bet that the super teams are probably the reason why we had this whole talk now where the East is just pathetic, which I don't think is the case. I think it's just the fact that— I still it, think the East is pathetic. Just I mean, it's, I think it's there. pathetic right now, but I think it's going to take some time to rebound because of the damage that the super teams did to the East for so long. See, okay— um, let, let's go through why I think the East is pathetic, and then we'll we'll dive into right. the super team thing. So the only real relevant East team has been the one that LeBron has been on for a while. Um, you obviously got the Indiana Indian Indiana Pacers, excuse me, team that combated him pretty much every year. Mm-hmm. You have the Boston Celtics team that was led by Isaiah Thomas, right. and then obviously it's the same core, but they mm-hmm. didn't do as well. And you credit have, to the Pacers because even after they got rid of the majority of that team that contended with them, they were still able to rebound and have like a second life now with Victor Oladipo and Miles Turner as their yeah from as their front guys. They had some down days, but yeah. they, they're back. Right. Um, I still believe that the process is going to be proven to be kind of a bust. You are very, very heavy on that, which um, I don't blame you for. I really no, don't. I'm kind of really, I am tired of people saying, well, they're young, it's this, it's that. No, like, it's been three years. Right. Like, it's been three years of this team underachieving. I mm-hmm. think it's time to prove it. And obviously, they hit a cement wall with uh, right. with the teams they played in this championship, or this uh, playoff run, excuse me. 
But then you get to the Raptors, who have been building something. And did you see what DeMar DeRozan came out on Taylor Rook's show and said for Bleacher Report? Yeah, that he was the sacrificial lamb for Toronto. Yeah. I thought that was brilliant. I I liked it, but I'm st- I, I think it's him. Is, you go first. Why is, do you think it's brilliant? I think it was brilliant because, first off, he's giving off the woe is me thing by saying that he was not good enough to be the one to lead them to the finals and he, they needed his sacrifice in order to get Kawhi. Yep. I, I, I like that because make he, he makes himself seem bigger than he really is, which, by the way, DeMar DeRozan did everything in his power to actually be the face of the Raptors. I'm not discrediting him in any way. He was there for probably... I'd say maybe eight years. Yeah, we'll see when he got my, drafted. Eight years off the top of my head. He was drafted, I think, out of USC for first year or something like that. So he was young. I mean, it's not like he was a terrible player or anything, but like expecting him to be the franchise-leading player, it was a moot point because he is not a franchise-caliber player. He's a great He's a great number two, I'd say, to go with you it. Think? Yeah, I'd say he's a good number two. So I, I don't know. I mean— and apologies, guys, because the machine continues to cut out because my MacBook is being a giant POS, even though I love you. <laughs> um, so he is a number one in the reference that we call Kemba and John Wall and Dame and all these guys, like Joker, um, a number one. Like, I don't see many of them, like maybe Dame, but it depends if Golden State dies, basically. Yeah, but um, like, I will say that I think from the essence is that he is – he is realizing the fact that he was able to get them as far as he could. So the only issue I have with it is, and my analogy got kicked off, so I'm going to try and present it with the same oomph. Your, your analogy almost doesn't work now with uh, my way. Why? Because you can only take it so far before they lead it to a better scenario. So my analogy was, it's like he dated a girl who was a model, and then he broke up with her, and she then had more time to focus on being a model and became a really big model, and he says, well, she only got there because I had to get out of the way, which makes him... Kind of look like a piece of shit in okay, my scenario actually, there. Okay, that makes it better, yes. <laughs> um, in the NBA, he was basically like, look, guys, like the Raptors were good. We were good. I just wasn't – like all my work and sacrifice kept us there until the right piece came along. And it is such like a cool – I don't know. Like I don't like it. I don't get it. I think it's stupid. I think he sh- I, he should be happy for his friends in Toronto, but he should be pissed off. I can see it as both – I could see it from both ways. I could see it as why people will get mad about it because it's like you're trying to put all the spotlight back on you by saying that if it wasn't for the amount of work that I did, Toronto would never be where they are. Yeah. Which I could which I could see because that's justifiable by like the argument that I did as much work as I could to bring Toronto back to the forefront. But at the same time though, like you could look at it as a positive on the fact that he is notifying the fact that I was not good enough and I need to get better. Oh, yeah, you can look at it that way. It's just like I don't think he meant it that way. I think he really meant it as like, I strung this team along long enough for the right guy to come along to win a title for Toronto. And I think he wanted to say, Toronto, you're welcome at the He's end of it. He's not wrong though. No, but like, but the way that, that he makes said him it, look like such a B minus yeah. player. Okay. The way that he said it probably makes it not look good. I will say that. But if he would have worded it differently, I would have had sympathy for him because he wasn't wrong. Well, here's the difference. Okay. There's no LeBron this year. That's very true. And what I mean by there's no LeBron this year, meaning uh, this is, and I'm not just saying this because I'm an anti-LeBron guy. We have seen the last of LeBron carrying a team to the finals. If DeMar DeRozan was still on the Raptors right now, Giannis and the Bucks would be in the finals. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. That's fair. That's 100% accurate, actually. Because the Raptors would have ran into another 
second coming buzzsaw that was Giannis Antetokounmpo, and the Bucks would be hosting the NBA Finals right now. It's just you had the miracle clutch hits of Kawhi Leonard that led them to the promised land, which there's nothing wrong with, but DeMar DeRozan, no, is, DeMar DeRozan is at least identifying the fact that he was not good enough. Hopefully, he can at least put this in his mind where he's like, wow, this team that I led for so long finally got over the hump without me. What does this well, say about me as a player? And he also has been very adamant in his career, him and Kevin Love both, talking about mental health and... Um, he which talks I, about depression, anxiety, and all that stuff. So which I, I give a lot of credit to because I think Adam Silver mentioned something about how they're implementing a mental health staff. And now you have forward, to assume you have to assume that all of this is part of that. Like in a way that like he is saying, no, 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 guys. Like, hey, I'm coming to terms with that situation, mm-hmm. and I think it's an attempt to put it behind him, okay. while also say he's very happy for that team. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those things where it's like, if I'm pop. I'm like, hey, can you please stop worrying about that team? Yeah. And can you worry about the Spurs? But I don't know. Again, do you, it's the offseason. Do so. you think Pop would be pissed off about this? Never. No, 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 no. I'm not saying pissed off. I'm saying yeah. Pop definitely is the type of guy, as soon as his NBA season is done, I, I guarantee he doesn't watch tape till his, the next season no, starts. No, he's, he's focusing on drafting and trying to figure out who well, no, to I'm saying to the Spurs. I'm saying... Pop is the type of guy that will he will enjoy his life as much as he enjoys his basketball life. Meaning okay. that the season's done today. All right, we're watching tape in three weeks. I'm going to my camp for three weeks. Don't talk to me. That's fair. Like, do not text me. Don't call me. Yeah. Don't talk to me. So it's one of those things where I think he's found a decent divide. And I could be completely wrong. Like, Pop is one of the greatest coaches of all time. Right. So he can do whatever he wants to do. But this is a little bit of a different scenario because I don't feel like Pop has ever had to deal with a player who has been as ingrained into culture right now is DeMar DeRozan. Because, like, Tim Duncan, Tim Duncan, Manu, and Tony were a great core. I mean, they won four championships together. But, like, if you think about it, how often did we see Tim Duncan and Manu and them do anything, like, pop culture-related that yeah. would have, like, put their names out there or had them talk a lot? It was rarely anything that didn't involve pop. Yeah, that's fair. Um, it's just one of those things where you assume, like, it's kind of like he left his model girlfriend to go to another girlfriend, um, or he found another girlfriend, and he keeps talking about the model girlfriend, and the other girlfriend's like, hey. I'm doing better without you. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's get off that. Let's talk about the NBA Finals. Obviously, game three tomorrow night. Kevin Durant is out. Kevon Looney, I believe, will play, and Clay Thompson, I believe, will try to play. Um, What's wrong with Clay anyway? Clay has a hamstring injury. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, he hurt his hamstring on a shot trying to do the kick-out leg foul me. Oh, okay. The Paul Pierce, if you will. Weirdly enough, I've heard with hamstrings, it's a lot of dehydration issues that add to it, yeah. too. I mean, that's the whole LeBron cramping up against San Antonio mm-hmm. in game Yep. Uh, excuse me, game one. Is um, it a bad look on KD from the fact that he told Drake that we'll see you in, uh, that we'll see you in um, the Bay Area and he's not playing? If you want... To allow courtside seating with celebrities who can touch and interact and yell at and swear at players. Yeah. I am all for players doing the same thing back. That's fair. That's why, and Ben dropped an article, which I stand behind. They'll get rid of courtside seats because no, with won't. social media, and I, I, there's no, going to be, won't. I think there's going to be another malice in the palace. I, I'm being very, I, I strongly believe there will be another malice in the palace. That's too much revenue, though, for the team, man. Malice in the palace. Okay, I Malice in the Palace, Gregory. It's every single NBA team that does it, If though. you have Boogie Cousins walk up and sock a dude with cameras and social media in today's world. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, we talked about this on the car ride um, probably Thursday right. when the baseball, and you're talking about netting. Yeah. It went foul. Mm-hmm. And they're like, all right, look, we got to do something. Right. 
and they were talking about other people in the past that have been hit with baseballs and they've done little things here and there. Right. Social media is the number one quickest way to make something change. That's true. Can so you, I, I think the era difference is a big thing. I get you, the revenue, but... We, did, it's a lot of another revenue, Another thing, uh, tell me what you're going to say, because I have something I think you're not thinking of that will counter your revenue. I'm curious to... What my thought was, could you imagine what Malice in the Palace would be like in today's world with social media being the way it was? Not, not even once. Really? Because, I mean, Malice in the Palace was... You were turned down like a quarter of the way, but... Oh. You really hate your voice, don't you? Yes, I do. <laughs> not much about me that I... Can saw it and I like, like your actually, girlfriend. Oh, she's thanks. nice. Thanks. Yes. My eyes are beautiful too. In case you well, were curious, I was. Sarah's <laughs> cool. Was more what I was. Yeah, you're oh, nice. That, that's cool. Yeah. No, but uh, I don't know. Like I feel like players nowadays are so socially conscientious about that stuff that I feel like they would be hard struck to actually let their anger out on a fan at courtside. Um. Be- I mean, we've we've seen them do it at bars, though. Yeah, we've seen them do it in almost every situation. We've seen we 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 just watched Draymond and Drake get nose to nose game one. Like we we see Kevin Durant with burner account. You saw him and Clay but you, screaming at Aubrey. We'll see you at the bay. Like, but, but you also got to look at the fact that these players that are making those comments are guys that are so ingrained in pop culture and ingrained into all that stuff that I feel like it, they're not going to step yeah, over but, the bounds. And then also think about when Malice in the Palace happened. That was Ron Artest and Stephen Jackson who were the main culprits of that. Guys who are notable for being hotheads most of the time too. So here's the here's the difference though. Mm-hmm. The difference in today's world yeah. is that a fan will... I, I feel nine times out of ten. I think a fan that, does, will take liberties by the way. Yes, I really do. Yes. I think that there will come a time where a fan throws a beer. A fan trips a player. I think there will be times where a fan does uh, fans are becoming with social media. Mm-hmm. You are celebrated for doing the crazy things. Yes. You are celebrated for being like, Oh, LeBron, you punk ass bitch. in that one line. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really, really strongly believe that fans believe they have a liberty to do whatever they want because they paid for that seat. And that's why I think there will be another malice in the palace. This is something that might be, this is a little bit related to it, but I'm sorry if I'm going to talk about this. So at, okay. a, at a wrestling show that okay. happened this past weekend. I want to pull it back after this because I have something to bring up about the NBA. Just okay. to let you know, we're not going on a wrestling tandem. No, 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 that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> this is something related to it. So at a wrestling show this past weekend at a Ring of Honor, which is like a, which is like a, a minor league type of big indie promotion. So a fan was taken to the backstage area and essentially he gave his entire Twitter account, you know, like word for word what happened where he flat out said that like a wrestler threatened him and told him to be a fan and enjoy the show because the fan at the time was saying lewd comments to women wrestlers at the time and the women wrestlers were egging him on and pushing and pushing and pushing so he was taken backstage where one of the wrestlers told him uh, in like a threatening manner to calm down and be a fan this guy went on twitter and said that he was threatened by one of the wrestlers the wrestler then responded by saying i was sticking up for the women of my promotion and telling him to shut his mouth so there is some validity to that logic where fans nowadays whether it be in sport or any type yeah. of entertainment have this belief that because i pay for my seat i have the freedom to say what i want which yep. shouldn't be the case because essentially you're opening doors to get your ass kicked if you want to. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so I, uh, 
what do you mean by the the women were egging him on just out of curiosity? So like I mean women wrestlers are they're still part of the act. So like the 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 guy was saying like rude comments to them and okay. and, and the women wrestler like as a heel or like a bad guy was trying to like egg him on and like saying rude comments back to him. Gotcha. But the gotcha, comments gotcha, gotcha. like started escalating from this guy and they got to the point where they were just completely unacceptable in like any social form. Not just wrestling, but like any social yeah. form. So like that's where the stuff happened. Yeah, if you can't say it in an orgy, don't say it in public. Exactly. Um, that's a great way to put it, actually. <laughs> Thanks, Greg. I let my <laughs> kids know that one. Um, okay, so bringing it back, and and I think no, it's a definitely good nugget of information because in the wrestling world, where it is a show, yes, you have to remember that it is while it's entertaining and while it's it, it, it's a subculture, it's still a show. And I think those guys, which is interesting to me, because. And before I get, I'm going to write this one down before I forget it. Yep. But do you think that um, a basketball player like Ron Artest in that moment, or let's let's take that out because Ron Artest, everyone's like, he would have punched anyone. Yeah. Let's say that Joel Embiid. Well, not Metta World Peace. No. He's no. about peace. He has about peace. Do you ever see, do you see the quote um, that Kobe said to him about how do you get peace? Uh, I didn't see that. When Ron Artest switches into Metal World Peace on the Lakers, mm-hmm. uh, Kobe said, "He, you know, it's great you want peace. You know how you get peace? Right. Through war. That's very true. <laughs> that was That's a, very true. Like, Kobe's my favorite. <laughs> he said, how do you acquire peace? Through war. He's on another level right there. He said, so let's go to war. Which, by the way, I can't wait for that 30 for 30. That'll be fun. Yeah, it'll be a godsend. <laughs> um, but the, the, the difference between the wrestling situation and the basketball situation is because I feel Jill, Joel Embiid, Heat of the moment, you're actually up against another entity, right. a team, a center, a point guard, whoever's covering you. Right. You're up against another being that does not actually care for your well-being. Whereas That's, in wrestling, me and you are like, I mean, there are wrestlers that hate each other. Don't get me wrong. There is, yes, but there's a professional like yeah. etiquette. Yeah. And I think that the professional etiquette is in every sport, but at the same time, you do have Vontas Perfect over the middle on AB. Right. Like you have situations that are, I want to kill you. Right. I, I still think that a situation like this this um, guy yelling lewd comments at the woman would not go over as well. I, th- I just think a basketball player would go and punch him in the face at that point. I mean, even someone like you, you even look at, um, I'm trying to think of the, 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 the I had a center on mine, but I lost, Robin Lopez, okay. a crazy son of a bitch. All right. I would be terrified if he just started swatting people. That's true. You know but, what I mean? But then that's also on the fan for not being a dumbass to set him 100%, off. 100%, but then the fan sues the team in the stadium and gets trillions. Right. So the other reason that I wrote down that I keep bringing up that I want to talk about that I believe will be the end of courtside seats. Okay. Have you seen the commercial for the new Oculus Rift? Uh, it's the one where you're able to watch an NBA game from courtside, right? From courtside. Okay. There will be a time in the future that dates and having your kids watch your favorite team will be subscription-based, high-priced packages from Oculus Rift because you don't have to spend money on parking. You don't have to spend money on beer in the stadium. You don't have to spend money on pizza. You don't have to spend money on drinks after the game. You don't have to spend money on a hotel room. Yeah. This Oculus Rift situation, I'm not kidding you, is the absolute future of sports watching. Right. Think about this. I have enough money that I make a full-size football field in my backyard, and I Oculus Rift the game. And you and I are just standing there watching this game of holograms go, but it's actually happening. Okay. That is more enticing than television. It is more enticing, in a sense, than going to the physical game and all of the ins and outs. We, as a society, are destroying, like, doing things. Like, right. we enjoy, oh, Periscope that concert so I can see it. Right. 
there's almost not as much like going to things. So I, I really think that one thing will happen. Right. Oculus Rift will push way harder. Yeah. And then that is the end of going to live sports, except for like a very unique situation. You would essentially kill arena business right there, though, if you did 100, that. Well, it's happening. That's it's true. already happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, you saw Adam Levine and Jonah Hill watching the Lakers game courtside with an Oculus. Like, this is not like Black Mirror. This is not a theory. No, this I is know. a thing that is happening now. I know. But it, with, with regards to technology, though, if you start doing this, you would kill the arena business, which then begs the question, where would these teams essentially play then if no one will come to the game and all you have to do is watch it on Oculus yeah. Rift. You I, essentially kill all home court momentum. You kill whatever makes that 100%. magic that makes sports happen. So, yeah, weirdly enough, it does sound like a black mirror issue when you think about well, that. Well, think about it. So, basically, then it would come down to the team would have a practice facility. Right. You would play your game at the practice facility, mm-hmm. and they would have to pump noise from me with my Oculus Rift into the stadium, right. which then you're like, all right, well, I'm at this seat. It's got to be this loud. So then you're screaming all sorts of shit. Right. You're just screaming at the top of your lungs. So then they cut that. So then you just have nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and, and it's one, it's, I mean, it's a conversation because this is going to happen. This you're, is the future of sports watching. Yeah, but you're weirdly enough making people lazier by not actually going out of their way Correct. to go watch the game. If you don't think that Americans would prefer this over going to a game, I would ask you to do more research on America. That's fair. Like, we as a country are so lazy with everything. That's very true. Would you not? If I said, yo, Greg, um, because think about it. You you have to buy the Oculus Rift. You have to buy the software. You have to buy the hardware. Then you have to pay for your seat. Yes. And obviously, there's going to be times where you can bootleg and hack, and you can hack in and be like, oh, we got courtside seats tonight. The funniest thing for me, though, is like you and I could buy nosebleeds for five bucks, go downstairs on my couch, sit there, and we're in the stadium. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Well, that's we, the benefit of it. Okay. I just think that there is going to be another... Because of this Drake where he's on the court, he's doing stuff. Other fans are going to say, well, if Drake did it, I can do it, even though he's an employee and ambassador for that team. Right. People are going to do it. Ben brought up a good point, which, well, we all kind of did not slack, but mm. shout out to Ben Fury for the article. You've never seen a streaker or a someone run on the court in NBA. I've never seen it. And it made me think about it at the Champions League final when that girl ran on the field. Yeah, but like with soccer, it's so common though. And football. That, that's and true. Baseball, and baseball. Yeah, and baseball. And every single sport that doesn't allow court-sized seating. And weirdly, <laughs> but, but weirdly enough, it's also because all those sports have such massive amounts of space where it's kind of easy to at least get some sort of view. Agreed. With the NBA. But it's you such can't a con- think of a time when it happened. Yeah, because it's such a confined space that I feel like anyone who tried to get there would like hit the deck before yeah. they even got on the court. Yeah. Plus, you actually have to, I don't know, like once you're going down the stairs, you got to get through like a mound of people on court side too. I just, uh, I just thought it was a funny point to think. You never see a streaker in a stadium because it's harder to get away. Mm-hmm. Um, the one in Champions League wasn't bad, actually, I must say. She was promoting her boyfriend's business or something. She's a porn star, and she was promoting her boyfriend's sex toy business. Is Seriously? What I read on Barstool. But Damn, I, I did not know that. Credit to Barstool, by the yeah, way, for being I, the ones that dropped that. I think it was Barstool. I mean, they're geniuses. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing I want to talk about the NBA, and actually, my buddy Ty Pingree just texted me about it. Um, Kawhi Leonard in this logo thing. Oh, that's great. The fact that someone actually has a legit claim to sue Nike is amazing to me. So basically, Nike was using his logo still, and he said that he developed his logo and... 
they do not have the rights to use it. Mm-hmm. What were they using it? Just shirts? I, guess? I think it was just shirts. Because here's the thing: wouldn't the logo transfer over to New Balance once that contract kicks in? Which I'm assuming must have happened already because they were well, promoting it. It depends because if a Nike employee made that logo, right, and for some reason Kawhi, like if he didn't buy it or something along those lines, there there is a situation that is possible. That Nike made that logo for Kawhi, right. and they said, you know, here's the contract, and Kawhi said, well, I want ownership. And they're like, well, we'll give you ownership on this, like, we'll give you ownership on basketball and, like, clothing and hoodies and shoes. And he was like, cool, done. And they started, say they start selling it on bone arrows and golf clubs. Now that's like, now that's smart on their part, though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's a ton of loopholes that could go down with Nike. Right. The big issue here is that he picked New Balance as his company. Right. But I... I, I the reason that I have the biggest issue with this yep. is you have to do this during the finals. Like, you have yeah. to do this right now. This is like a... During the finals? This is like something that you would see goddamn Lonzo Ball and Lamar, and LeVar do, honestly. Well, it's just like you had to do it right now when you were playing the Golden State Warriors in your first NBA final when you leave the Spurs. He must have been really pissed off about it to actually bring it up during the finals. I think his then. people were. You think his people were? Because think about it this way. I, I almost can guarantee you that Kawhi does not stay in Toronto. I think he's done enough. He's going to go where he wants to go. You are very steadfast about this. Even if yeah. they win a championship? Yes. Or what if they Especially don't? Especially if they win a championship. If they don't win a championship. If they don't, he's still gone because he okay. took him there. And this okay. is the first finals appearance in Toronto history. So he is essentially a god in Toronto just yeah, for that. He's alone. done. He's done. Yeah. He has a statue. Um, the, the, the thing is, though, think about it this way. So he's now thinking... How do I capitalize on the fact that I beat Golden State in game one? Right. We are going to Golden State tied. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's just a lot of things where, like, and I hope I'm wrong in this situation. Right. But I guarantee he's like, I want to take this logo to this new team and start brand freaking new okay. with New Balance. Right. And Nike's still using it. So, I, it's, it was a big red flag for me. I feel like it might have been something that he noticed, like, by accident. Yeah. I don't feel like it's something that he was planning on doing this entire time while he's in the finals because that's very petty of him that he has his mind distracted so much. And I'm sure it's his team. Yeah. It's not, he's not filing this paperwork. He obviously has a legal team. I don't know, man. Kawhi's a weird dude. <laughs> I feel like he, I feel like he probably he gets is like, off on paperwork. Yeah. Kawhi is one of those guys that I feel like is like very on point with shit like that. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. Um, I just thought it was funny, but... Um, oh, I think it's hilarious, too. Like, uh, if, if Kawhi gets that upset to the point where he's willing to do this during the NBA Finals when he's trying to win a championship, I mean, does that say a lot about him as a person that he's willing to, like, like go for the business aspect of it? Or it kind of, like, makes you think, like, wow, how much does he really care about winning a championship for Toronto if he's so focused on his brand and a logo? That last one, because Steph Curry does not have a Supermax... Because he wants a championship. Right. So if you're really worried about your personal logo, and obviously, again, I believe it's his team and this and that, Mm -hmm. but if you're really that worried about your own logo while you're trying to win a championship, winning the championship should be the only thing on your mind. Here's the thing with Steph Curry, though. I feel like with Steph Curry, he realizes that without everyone else around him, without the pieces, he can't win a championship. So with Kawhi, it's essentially like these pieces around me I could probably win a championship with slightly better levels and still get my Supermax. Yeah. Because this basically proved that he is willing and capable to win a championship without 
the best of players. And I'm not saying that Toronto is a, is a poor organization. Like, what, what Masai Ujiri did, shit what he did to that franchise is amazing. The oh, fact yeah, that they're totally. bringing up guys from the G League to be able to play role players on a NBA championship caliber team says a lot about how good that organization is. But yep. it does say something that Kawhi could look at this and be like, okay, why should I give up money when I know that I am good enough to win a championship with not the best amount of talent around me. I'm not like Steph, where Steph needs all these pieces around him in order to be able to win a championship. Yeah. Which I feel bad about, because I feel like I'm discrediting Steph Curry by saying that. Um, no, I mean, uh, there's nothing that's more true in my mind than when Andre Iguodala said, I'm playing for Steph's legacy. Because all of those guys know what Steph Curry, the first unanimous MVP in NBA history, he's giving up, in my opinion, a shot at the GOAT title. Mm -hmm. He's giving up a shot at being better than Jordan to win titles, which is so funny to say. Which is weird to say, because you would think, like, if he wins more than six championships, like, that, that puts him in category right there. It does, but then you go, well, he had Clay and he had Dre, and he had Iggy, he had... You know, Livingston, he had Bogut. Oh. It's, it's, it's one of those things where, like, I think this is the best team of all time. MJ had Scotty and uh, and Dennis Rodman for, like, half of them. So, like, we're, like I'm, not, I'm not comparing them, but I'm saying, like, at the same point, like, Jordan had help, too. Agreed, but that was in an era where uh, there really wasn't this supermax. There wasn't this option to lose. Players didn't have the ability to move around the way they do now. Right. So, I agree with you. But um, I just think it's interesting. I think I think Steph's legacy, when when it's all said and done, he's easily the best shooter we've ever seen. Um, oh, without a doubt. I, I think he honestly gave up his, which is sad to say, gave up his his right to the goat claim with his decisions to keep this team around. And I, it, you can't say it was Golden State's, and it was his decision. You know, weirdly enough, it's kind of like he wants to be Will Chamberlain over Michael Jordan. Yeah. I mean, I, I yeah, I would argue that he just wants to make as much money as he can and have fun and be known as one of the best ever, and he is done with that. Yeah, so he'd rather be Will Chamberlain than MJ. I just kind of thought of that. That's amazing when you think about it. Go into go into a little detail on that. Uh, well, Will Chamberlain, he was was he the first African American player to come to the NBA? I think I believe he was. He was the first, yeah. He was the first African American to play in the NBA. He won double-digit championships with the Boston Celtics. Um, he is a guy. Who was who, the first African American in the NBA? I believe it was. No, Earl. not. Will. Oh no, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. Uh, God, I'm mixing them up. Not, he'd rather be. God, I'm like. There's uh, Earl Lloyd and Nate Clifton. Who was with the Boston Celtics? God, I'm like. Because like I just realized I had my entire tangent. Bill Russell. Bill Russell. Thank okay. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. He would rather be Bill Russell than well, Michael Jordan. Now I have some questions. Bill Russell won double digit championships. Bill Russell played in an era with ten teams, and the best team got the first on draft pick the next year. But how many championships did he win, though? Man? I would give him five. He won more. He got eleven. You're right. With ten teams. Right. And the winner of the championship got the first round draft pick. No, but I'm saying, like, in terms of the idea that he would rather have Bill Russell championships than considered the GOAT of all time. That's what I'm saying. And I'm saying it doesn't quite make sense because. 
Bill Russell's championships were built with 10 other teams, and they got the best player every year from right. college. I love how my Wilt one made more sense to you when I didn't even Dude, realize the it Wilt was. one I 100% did not get at all. So you, which is why I just You just waited. like saved face the entire time until no, I, I like waited. realized. I waited for you to spew out whatever you're going to spew out. Okay, thank you. And when you. you said the first African American in the NBA, that's when I started googling. Okay, thank you. And that's you. when I realized, yeah. No, okay. I waited cuz I was like, "All right, Wilt like the Bill Russell thing, there's something to be said because you're saying he wants championships over individual. Right. And that's that's why uh, I'm saying he would rather be Bill Russell than MJ. That's where okay. I'm getting with the Wilt this. stuff that I was okay. waiting because I was you. like, maybe there's Thank a decision you. that like Wilt made that was like with when he was with the Warriors or whatever. Like maybe there was something with the Sixers that he made right. a decision. Yeah, that's why I kind of was waiting. You held so. that very, you held that very, very stone faced too. Yeah. I thought you were, I thought you like knew right away, and I was like, oh, I get this, but you just no, like, no, yeah, thank you. That was that was a great sell job on your part. Yeah, thank you. That's <laughs> what I do best. Um, all right, so let's just let's let's branch away from NBA real quick. Let's get into your best two days of your life. Apparently, well, third day tomorrow too, so that'll be fun. no, no. That's the round sixty to one hundred four. Eleven to forty. Man, you know what? Let's 40. let's let, I'm doing this. So, what round was today, Greg? Round, what round today was three to ten. Which, by the way, I feel like we should parlay this into your article that you wrote we on bench.com But here's what I'm gonna do. Okay, go ahead. Because I'm gonna call bullshit. What are you gonna call bullshit on? I don't believe that you actually are as smart in baseball as you think you are. I'm probably not. Like I just <laughs> listened to it, man. So here's what we're gonna do. Okay, go ahead. I'm going to toss out some names. We're going to see. And this is 100% bullshit. Oh, no, no, dude. <laughs> I, I'm telling you right now, like, some of the names that you probably throw out at me, I'm not going to know. I'm just well, no, telling no, no. you. I'm saying it's bullshit to put you on the on the spot like this. Okay. I'm saying everything that I'm doing right now is toxic and bullshit. Oh, yeah. And you do not have to defend yourself. But I'm going to toss out some names, and we're going to see if you know who they are. Okay. Go ahead. Let's start easy. Will Mathesian? Yeah, he was the sixth round pick for the Pirates today. Yeah, okay. right fielder uh, from Stanford, under under age two pitcher, but he's a dual, right? He's yeah. Because he, you said there was two that we took. They're right? gonna make him a right fielder. Uh, the other one that they they took, who was also a dual sport, who was also a dual um, role, was J.C. Flowers in the fourth uh, from Florida State. They are making him a pitcher though. Which, by the way, I'm gonna preface this by saying I did not see who they drafted ninth and tenth, so do not spoil it for me. Not doing it. Thank you. I'm sticking from rounds. What was that one? That was six. That was the sixth round. Yes, I'm, I'm six and up. Okay. Who is Aaron Schunk? Aaron Schunk. He is a third baseman. Oh, uh, from uh, from Georgia. Yeah, University of Georgia. He was drafted. I think he was drafted on day one, actually, not today. He was a second round pick, number okay. sixty-two yeah. overall. Yeah. Okay. And he ranks ninety-second. Yep. Do you know what team? Colorado? Yeah. Yeah. See? All right. Yeah. Sure. That was a good one. All right. Let's see. Let's, let's get out of here. Um, why are there rounds? One, round one C, CB round A, round two, CB round B, round two C. What so the, the heck is that? So shit? the CB stuff is the compensation rounds. So it's teams that fall on either the bottom half of revenue sharing or bottom half in attendance. God. And then they're placed in a pool to get an extra pick. All right. Dude, it's competitive. Know, it's competitive balance, yeah, yeah, man. I'm sure it's for, it is. I'm sure it is. It, it is. I get it. I get it. It's just funny. <laughs> Who is Brandon Lewis, third baseman, ranked 132, drafted 131, round four? Uh, 131. God, 
And if you don't know, it's okay, Greg. This is a complete bullshit test. This is not your knowledge of sports. No, no, no. I'm, I'm going to get this one. So 79, then 109 would have been the start of fourth. And what was the number? 130. He is 131 in the draft. He was ranked 132. Third baseman Brandon Lewis. So Where is he from and where did he get drafted? It's either Atlanta or Cleveland. No, but Cleveland is the pick before it, and Atlanta is four up from it. Okay. He is a Dodger Ah, damn from the University of California, Irvine. Right, thank you. So let's go up. Um, let's just go. Let's go round two. Let's okay. Because I feel like you'll know most of these. Who is Brandon Williamson, pitcher? Number 59 overall taken, number 83 overall ranked on MLB.com. Brandon Williamson. He's a lefty. Yeah, I'm not struggling on that one. TCU pitcher drafted by the Mariners. Damn it. Okay. All right, last one. I just read a day one recap, too. I'm pissed. Let's go go fifth round. We're going to go fifth round. Mm. Um, I'm going to try and find someone. Okay, so this guy is ranked 74th. He was taken 141. Okay. So there's a chance you'll know him. Evan Fitterer, out of high school. He's he, a pitcher. He had a UCLA commit. I can't remember where the hell he got drafted. I think it was... Um, think beer. Oh, Milwaukee. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. No, you nailed it. That first one made me think you were going to nail all these. And don't get me wrong. like You, you did great, but this is a long-ass list, guys. There were 40 rounds in this? Yep. Today was, rounds, today was rounds 3 through 10 and then 11 through 40. Well, you also got to think, too. A lot of the guys, so the way that a lot of drafts get done, you draft about 40 guys. I'd say teams probably sign 30 of them. Okay. Yeah. So, like, because you have, you have all these lower-level teams in your system you have to fill up, but then there's also guys who have college commitments that are either too expensive for you to do or just decide they'd rather go to college. And also junior college guys, too. They have leverage, too, sometimes. So what's the end of this article? Okay. So, guys, if you don't know, uh, obviously, this blog that is our hosting site, thoughtsfromthebench.com, spelled the way it is, T-H-O-U-G-H-C-S-F-R-O-M-T-H-E-B-E-N-C-H-C-O-M. Thoughts on the Bench is our company. Emphasis on the com, by the way. A com. I wrote an article this morning. I don't get the MLB draft. And the real reason I wrote this is because you said this was the most, or this was your favorite draft. It is. And we've watched the NFL draft, except for this year, the past four years. Uh, this would have been five? Because I was in that apartment for, this would have been six years if I re-signed. Was the first one that we saw, it was after Ryan Shazier, so it would have been Bud Dupree. Yes. Okay, yeah, so that was our first one. Because we saw Bud Dupree, we saw Artie Burns, we saw, <sighs> yeah. So four years together we watched the draft we until this year. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, okay. So, I downgraded significantly, by the way, for this year. Just saying. Yeah. I don't blame you. Yeah. Um. So basically, guys, if you don't know, I'm a huge baseball fan. Massive. Um, Massive. Soon to be colossal, I feel, mm-hmm. because I've produced more baseball content than the Heart of the Order podcast. That's very true, which is sad to say, but yeah. Which I said. In, so we have a group Slack, guys. Um. <laughs> and I brought up. I said it's tough being this, you know, this good at knowing baseball. Yeah. And Greg Mack took offense to that and said, I've been busy. I said, you know, it's cool. I said, I wasn't taking shots. I'm just saying that I know more about baseball. <laughs> um, so I, I did plug an episode, which obviously no one saw. Um, when you guys ever record, let me know. Yeah, I blame Shout Dre. Shout out to Dre. Yeah. Um, but what we talked about on the bridge over, on the walk to your car, 
was the impactful moments that the NFL and the NBA draft have because of the emphasis they put on having the draft live. Right, because they make it an event for yes. everyone to do. That's yes. true. And that's credit to the NFL and the NBA for essentially marketing it that way. Do you think, and let me ask this because we didn't talk about this part yet. I want to get into the article still. All right. Do you think changing the draft to make it a spectacle would make more people enjoy the sport of baseball? I think it would put more eyes on it, yes. Um, The thing that I have heard for the longest time is that they want to pair it with the College World Series, which I feel like would be great because College World Series is probably... It's in Omaha, Nebraska every year. They have an entire village for it. It's a very yeah. beautiful stadium. It's one of the best times of the year because you get so many fans to come in for it. If you pair the MLB draft with it, it this may be kind of a downgrade, but it's kind of like how after the women's Final Four, they do the WNBA draft. Yep. But it would be a bigger spectacle because of the fact it's Major League Baseball. The problem that I wow, touched on this— at the w- I, I'd argue I, the yeah. WNBA is better than baseball. Bigger, this, bigger, this com- bigger, sorry, Ooh. bigger, 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 eh, okay. not well, better. That's better. But, that's a misstep. But we've touched on this before. The problem is, is that getting the top prospects to come to to come for the draft is very difficult because a lot of these are high school kids. What if kids. we made that a beer shoot instead of a laundry shoot? And we just put empty cans in it. Where does it connect to? The basement. Ooh. It's like in Home Improvement. Never seen that. You never seen Home Improvement? Sorry, oh. we're in the new studios, and we have a laundry chute behind where we're going to record, unless we record that way, which might. Dude, this would be amazing. Like while we're happen. doing while we're doing the recording, we just randomly decide to put beer cans down in the chute. Yeah, think about it though, because I just put a trash can, and in the bottom of the trash can, I put like a piece of um, like cushion, yeah, or styrofoam, and then we have the can in it, and it just lands, and it's good. That's brilliant. We could even have like we can have like an advertiser for the chute too. I love my brain. Sorry, go That's ahead and keep talking. That's a brilliant idea. No, uh, but no, the idea has always been around to try to maybe put pair it with the Carl Drew series, but the problem is, is that a lot of the top prospects every year are high school kids, and high school kids are the hardest kids to figure out what they're doing. There's guys in this draft that have said, oh, I'm not signing with an MLB team unless this price is met. And it's kind of like, okay, well, do you really want to bring this guy to the Carl Drew series? put him from from the spectacle where he might not get drafted because we talk about this a lot where there's there's prospects who don't get drafted until day two because of the fact that they're just their bonus demands are just too much yeah i think that's interesting but Mm -hmm. it's not known but that's why i love major league baseball draft so much is because because you're a hipster yes but it should be it should be best player available which nine times out of ten it is but the problem is, is that because of this whole wow you love something that stands against what you stand for i know it's weird but the reason that i love it is because it should be best player available but the fact that you have to stay within your bonus allotment is hard it's yeah. very very hard to do because a lot of times it prices you out of guys that you can get. That's why a lot of the bigger market clubs aren't able to get some of these higher-priced commodities anymore because of the fact they can't afford them. So let's talk about the, the things that are in this article. Okay. Because I think that they're unfair um, in a sense because the MLB doesn't do anything. Right. But this is why I love it. So the first mm-hmm. video that I put in it was the most emotional NFL draft mode. Just right. guys crying, guys like, oh, I got drafted. Right. You see that in a sense. I put an article down here, or a video, excuse me, of uh, Adley Rutschman. Adley Rutschman, number one overall pick this year. Huge Adley Rutschman guy now. He's going to be an all-star probably within three years. Yeah, you know, he's, I mean, I like Gophers. 
He's okay. We'll figure it out. I'm a, I'm a big fan after the video, though, because I watched it, because I wrote the article, and then I tried to find a video. And Bro, I, he's a beaver. What'd I say? You said gopher. Oregon State's the beaver. Aren't they the same? Beavers and gophers are different, homie. I mean, one's waterproof. Yeah, but beavers build dams. Gophers don't. They dig holes. Shout out to Caddyshack, my favorite movie of all time, for teaching me that. All right, so he's a gopher. (laughs) (laughs) Got you. Um, Okay, so the other videos I put in here, my favorite one personally was uh, Isaiah Austin. Okay. Which, if you do not know, he was a seven-foot center out of Baylor. Great moment. Should have been a first-round easy pick. Uh, Came up with a disease that is incurable that basically his... um, his nerves don't work correctly, I believe, is the yeah, injury. Yeah, I, I believe that what, that's what it was, yeah. Yeah. I, I couldn't I remember if it was a heart injury, but yeah, the nerve thing it was makes because, sense. It was a heart injury because there was nerve issues in his body, and they were worried about his heart being overworked and not connecting. Right. Um, but basically, they do this a decent amount where it's like, hey, this guy is being drafted. And another moment that I should have thrown in here that I didn't, because I was trying to think of the parallel in the NFL, was probably Shazier this year walking out. Oh, that would have been great. Like, those types of moments you just don't get when it's a 40-round, not-really-on-TV draft. Right. And it's 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 I get it. I'm being selfish because I'm a fan. Right. And I'm being selfish because I want this to be about me. Right. But watching Christian Wilkins almost destroy Roger Goodell on live TV. It was hilarious. It was amazing. Watching, and the one that I watched today, actual work, the Baker Mayfield draft party, this is the one that I wanted to put in here from the start because Baker's at his home. Baker's with his family. I, I thought about putting Mariotas and Winstons and whatever, but Baker was a walk-on to number one overall pick that was with his family and wasn't at the draft, and it's still one of the best videos the NFL draft has ever produced. Right. Okay. No, that, that's completely fair. And also the timing of it is weird because a lot of the times when uh, college guys are drafted for Major League Baseball, they're still playing. Yeah, and also the pros are playing right now. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah, I know. The way that they time it is essentially so with the summer – it's the end of the college. It's the end of high school season, and it's also technically the end of college season unless you're in the NCAA tournament. So okay. that's where the problem comes into it, where it's like you can't figure out the correct timing for it. I just think it's weird. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're gonna do. We're gonna finish off the show here, Greg, with some comps. I'm gonna give you two names. Let me know who you want in fantasy football. Okay. Okay. Again, let me one second to pull up my list here, because mm-hmm. um, we're gonna look at guys that are similar. And guys, we, we try to end show with some different things, some funny things, whatever. This Today, we're just going to do fantasy football because I feel like I haven't looked at it enough. Yeah. Um, Which is crazy because, I mean, it's just around the corner. Oh, oh my God, dude. I literally I mean, don't think me saying I haven't listened to it enough doesn't mean that I've only been listening to um, podcasts about fantasy and whatnot. Like, I've every second of my day has been around this. It just feels like it's less because it's still a little farther away. Well, that and also because you've had a busy week, too. So yep. that probably adds to it as well. Who would you rather draft? Okay. Cooper Cup or Jarvis Landry? In a PPR 12-team league, guys. Cooper Ooh. Cup for the LA Rams and Jarvis Landry for the Cleveland Browns. I'll go Cooper Cup because I think I can get him at a good value. Okay. Yeah. Cooper is ranked 47th on Eric Carabal of ESPN, and Jarvis Landry is 49. I might be able to get Cooper, Cooper Cub pretty late, actually, just because he's coming off an injury. I The only reason I disagree is because I feel like everyone wants him to be great, so he'll be pretty mm. sought after. Okay, and then um, everyone will be forgetting about Jarvis Landry, essentially? Yeah, Jarvis Landry, the big issue with me. So me personally, uh, in this one, 
I'm going Jarvis because they're going to be drafted kind of around the same area because Jarvis, like with Odell getting there, you're worried about target share. I was going to say, are you playing off of the idea that essentially Jarvis is going to be the safety net for Baker Mayfield? I hope so. Yeah. Jarvis needs 10 catches a game to be relevant. Yeah. I mean, he put up great numbers as the number one receiver, so I feel like yeah. putting him number two with an elite receiver like OBJ should help, actually. All right, let's go down here. Would you rather have on your fantasy football team? Let's do, because I was going to do, all right, let's do this one. Mark Ingram. Okay. Or Tariq Cohen. Same thing, PPR. Yes, PPR, 12-team league. I'll go Tariq Cohen just because I have more faith in the Bears utilizing him more often. With the Ravens, I feel like it's a hodgepodge backfield that I don't know what to expect. I disagree for the same reason you just said. Okay. With the Bears, you uh, obviously have Montgomery, who's mm-hmm. coming in out of Iowa State. Uh, right. Considered to be number one or two in running backs out of this class. I mean, Josh Jacobs obviously is above all else. But I wouldn't take Terry Cohen early. That's oh, no, 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 yeah. no. Guys, this is, these guys are going to be within like three or four okay. on the rankings. So okay. don't, don't worry. It's not about ADP. It's not okay, about okay, where. Okay. All right. Just who would you meet like more comfortable? Okay. Ingram, on the other hand, is the best pass catching back in Baltimore right now. Okay. His only competition, in my opinion, is Lamar Jackson. Who's the quarterback? I like Gus Edwards. Don't get me wrong. But That's I what I was going to say. I mean, like, they're the same position, so you feel like that would be the way to take away carries from him if that's what you were leaning towards. Gus is going to vulture some goal line, mm-hmm. but Ingram can catch the ball very well. Yeah. And one thing Lamar Jackson has not done is created a uh, persona with his tight ends yet. Mm-hmm. Ingram has a chance to take that over. Which is weird because Lamar has, like, three tight yeah. ends that he could work with if he wanted to. Yep. All right, let's scroll down the list a little farther. Would you rather have on your team okay. Latavius Murray or LaShawn McCoy? Ooh. <laughs> Many people forget. So the Buffalo Bills signed Frank Gore and TJ Yeldon this offseason. They also drafted David Singletary out of Florida International. Right. Latavius Murray switched over to the New Orleans Saints, who just obviously, as we said last one, got rid of Mark Ingram. Wow. Who'd you rather have? One is a starter. One is a complimentary. The problem is, how long does the starter last, and how complimentary is the complimentary? That's the problem. If they're playing Latavius Murray like Mark Ingram did with Alvin Kamara, I mean, that's not a bad pickup. But at the same time, though, at the same time, though, LaShawn is the starter. So I feel like for this year, I would begrudgingly take LaShawn McCoy. Just because, begrudgingly, just because of the fact that I feel like Josh Allen still needs that safety net, and because of the fact I feel like they're going to slowly work Devin Singletary into getting reps, but as of the start of the season, LaShawn McCoy will get the majority of the reps in the Buffalo's backfield. If I had to pick gun to my head right now, I'm going Murray. Um, The reason being, I I think there's a strong chance that they cut LaShawn McCoy, and I know that's that's crazy. Uh, LaShawn McCoy is one of the better fantasy running backs of all time in right. my opinion well not of all time in our era right um but when you look at latavius murray he's a proven runner with the ability to catch you see him at oakland you see him in minnesota and i think complimenting yeah. him with arguably the nfl's best running back in Alvin kamara right you're gonna see some goal line work expecting him to put up the same production as mark ingram though is, is stupid is very stupid so i'm gonna preface that but i understand your logic though who would you rather have on your team let's do two more I like how we disagreed on all three of them so far. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other reason I'm not taking LaShawn McCoy is because he sent Ed Game spoilers out. So Oh, come on. You of all people. Okay, yes. You that, of all people, Greg. That should not be a reason to not 
impact your fantasy team, though, man. Come on. You. All right, fair. Of Fine. all people. Okay, I get it. He ruined it for people. I didn't. He saw an early premiere and then said, R.I.P. All right, here go, guys. Your spoiler, which we've, guess what? Is not a spoiler. We've already done a spoiler thing. He, he, we did, but just yeah. spoiler alert, blah, blah, blah. He said, R.I.P. Tony Stark. Yeah. And tweeted out like five tweets. And he saw an early premiere. He didn't even wait till the day it was released. He saw an early premiere and did that. Yeah, that's pretty fudge, that guy. That's just holding a grudge and not thinking clearly, though. All right, two more. No, I, I, I mean, that was, I, no, I think it's clear to take Latavius Murray there. <laughs> um, would you rather have on your fantasy football team? Damian Williams of the Kansas City Chiefs or Leonard Fournette of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Damian Williams is 25 on Eric Carroll's rankings on ESPN. Well, Leonard Fournette is 27. Their ADPs are very similar right now. Wow. Who would you rather have? Because Damian Williams, guys, remember, their offensive coordinator came out and said there is no running back by committee. It is Dame's job at the moment. At the same time, though, Leonard Fournette, massive hamstring concerns, massive attitude concerns with his fight Two years ago. I think it was two years ago. Was it last year or two years ago with the Buffalo Bills? It was last year because I took him. It was took him at the year. end of the first round in my 10-team Kiski weird keeper. I took him in my sec- I took him in the second round in my one leg. He burned me. Burned yeah. the crap out of me. <sighs> I. Wow, this is tough. If I'm... <sighs> I, I feel like... Like, my head is telling me to lean towards Leonard Fournette just for the fact that I know he is the number one back there. But at the same time, Damian Williams did prove to be a solid number one in Kansas City. And my head is telling me that Patrick Mahomes is going to have to rely on the running game a little bit more just because I don't trust the receivers fully other than Travis Kelsey. I think I will lean towards Damian Williams. So they did address it in the draft, and there's also a big name here that I don't know if you are thinking about, and that is Carlos Hyde. I do not believe he's going to impact Damian Williams the way that Damian Williams finished the year there. It'll be like a a vulture, essentially, maybe. But you're looking at a murky situation versus Leonard Fournette, who they also addressed it in the draft, but they got rid of TJ Yeldon. They did. They added Nick Foles. Do they maybe think that Yeldon was part of the problem with uh, Fournette, too? Because they did say that it was both him and Fournette that were kind of goofing off at the same time. Personally, for me, I'm going with Fournette uh, for two reasons. One... There's a little bit of a downside coming for Kansas City, in my opinion, mm-hmm. in the touchdown department especially. Oh, no. Like, I'm fully aware that Patrick Mahomes is going to have a slump this year. He's not going to be as amazing. I no. think he'll, he'll still be good, but he won't put up video game stats like he did this no. past year. And two, the reason I would go with Fournette here is because there is zero chance that this team does as poorly as they did last year. Mm-hmm. Mainly because of their impressive defense. Yeah, but will they have to rely on the running game as much as they did previously with Blake? It's Nick Foles. Yeah, but Blake Bortles, though, needed that Mm, running game. It's Nick Foles. All right, last one. Who would you rather have? David Johnson or Julio Jones? Shit. I love this one. This is a good one. You are not a fan of Julio in terms of fantasy either, so this is funny. Um, Uh, I mean... It's not that I'm not a fan of him. I, I got reasons. I, 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 I know don't, I know you got reasons, yeah. I believe that there are better options in a sense of uh, you go for you go you go. I will go Julio just because I know the type of talent he is. I know David Johnson's a great talent, but last year I know he struggled. I feel like he's not 
He needs to show me something before I'm willing to invest a first-round pick in him. If I'm going first-round talent, Julio would be who I'd lean towards. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I mean, the only receivers that I'm I'm, I'm thinking about over Julio um, are Hop and Adams. I mean, realistically, I'm not a huge Giovante Adams. I believe that the wheels will fall off that Packers team okay. quicker, especially with the new offense. I think DeAndre Hopkins is by far the easiest fantasy option in wide receiver department. Okay, um, But the reason I'm going with uh, David Johnson is because it's kind of two things. It's one, he was very close three years ago to a thousand yards rushing and a thousand yards receiving. Like he's right. very talented, right. extremely right. And you give me a team with no tight end with a rookie quarterback security blanket. Right. And a um, really bad offensive line, which, which yeah. they did not address this year either. Nope. Uh, I think Julio at the end of the year will have more points, but I just, I like the running back early, especially if it's a big name. Like that's David. fair. No, that's fair. All right, guys, this has been Two Beers Deep. We're going to shut it down because we're over an hour now, and I think my landlord just called, so i got to go talk to her Yep. before I get evicted. Mm-hmm. Uh, guys, make sure you check out the Heart of the Order podcast, which apparently will record whenever they feel like it. Greg? Thanks a lot, Dre. <laughs> uh, also, check out all the other things we got going on. we got a brand-new podcast with Ben Fury dropping soon. He's replacing his old one, which I think is genius, and we're very happy about it. We also have the Draft Day podcast, which starts up again next week. Thank you guys very much for tuning in. We will see you Thursday. Peace out.